Hi, and welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to your host, Casey Braden, and this is episode 17. Yes, I did have to do a quick click check. What episode are we on? I was watching a YouTube video this week about a brand called Baby Fat, um, one that I had forgotten about but was very, very um, prevalent during the 90s and 2000s. And watching this video, I was like, how did I actually forget about this brand? It's crazy, really, how brands come. They're so in your face everywhere and then they go and it's like they've never been there. Um, so... There was a point made in the video about how um, celebrities were used as selling tools at the time for the brand and it really sparked something in my own mind about the kind of celeb versus influencer conversation topic and where we've been, where we are now. Um, I still get a lot of questions from people and clients asking to like gift celebrities. And I mean, every PR will have a different opinion on this, but mine is like, don't bother unless it is requested or it's something that they said that they like or you have a direct and like strong relationship with their agent I honestly wouldn't bother doing a cold send because think about it like you wouldn't do well maybe you would I wouldn't do a cold send to like a massive influencer like um you know like a Caroline Herons or like a Molly May or someone like that Zoella like you wouldn't do a cold send to somebody like that and what I mean by a cold send is just send the product um without prior like communication or without them like calling it in or expressing interest that's what a cold send is um I wouldn't do that just because like think about how much they get sent even like stuff they've requested stuff they haven't and unless you're sending like some wild PR box which is like quite shunned upon now because of obviously environmental and sustainability issues unless you're doing some like wild stunt um like what makes you think that they're actually going to open the box and engage with it like the percentage of them actually like trying every single thing that they get sent especially beauty influencers like imagine how many products they get sent on a weekly basis like there's actually not enough hours in the day for them to try everything and figure out like what they like what they don't like never mind like them posting about it do you know what I mean like the percentage versus what you spend on sending that PR package in the first place it just doesn't add up for me um I would rather focus on people who are maybe a bit smaller more engaged um but your celebrities I mean I've had this conversation quite a few times where celebrities have been gifted like we're talking specifically beauty products here celebrities have been gifted or they've tried things via like a hairstylist or a makeup artist something like that um which is great like I have managed to secure coverage by doing this however it is very few and far between and again it's come from like engagement with the makeup artist or the hairstylist um like an example would be um I was working with crazy color and the her hairstylist um 
her hairstylist is a crazy color as a person we're talking about madonna skip that bit yep we're talking about madonna <laughs> so i was working with crazy color crazy color was gifted to madonna's um hairstylist madonna then randomly ended up going pink and they used the crazy color that was sent to the stylist she posted um the stylist posted tagging crazy color and like the shade that they used like that is an example of like a freak of nature PR thing like is it worth trying to go for those things yes but I've also worked with brands where their whole strategy is like celebs and really really high-end people and I think like yes do it try it but it can't be your whole thing like I would maybe spend like 10% of PR energy on that um, and then I would bulk it up with lots of other things so yes whilst you're still in the running and you have a chance you're not putting all your eggs in those celebrities baskets another thing with gifting celebrities we are going off on a bit of a tangent here but we are a podcast so this is what you signed up for people um so when you gift celebrities and they are wearing your stuff you know that they are but unless they actually say they're wearing it um it's kind of like bad industry etiquette to post about it or use it in media um and it can actually get you in a lot of trouble like for example um I was working with a company that did a hair treatment um I think it was Kate Middleton um, or Meghan Markle, I can't remember which one, but one of the royals, um, they had the hair treatment. Um, the st- I can't remember if, the, if it was the stylist or the brand then quoted in a magazine saying, oh, Kate Middleton or Meghan Markle uses this hair treatment. The magazine published it and because it wasn't something that was like okayed by the royals PR in advance and also they weren't like the ambassador for the product like they weren't getting paid the brand basically just used their name to promote this treatment which was completely innocent but that is what happened um they then were like threatened with legal action so I am always like super careful when it comes to celebrities and royals in particular because they are really tight on that kind of thing and you can understand why because like endorsements and using their face and being paid for those kind of like big brand deals is super important to their kind of like making money structure so if they're kind of their names being thrown around with you know Tom Dick and Harry brands then it kind of takes away from like that golden shine when they do do that ambassadorship um so anyway let's get back on track uh, one of the things that was discussed in this video regarding um, the fashion brand Baby Fat um, was how celebrity marketing was used heavily with the brand in terms of generating sales. Um, and this was in the 2000s. So when I say celebrity marketing, I mean like they would wear the clothes in, like musicians would wear it in music videos. Like you had people like Alaya and Beyonce like wearing it on the red carpet to special events. Um, and this was a different time. So some of you may be familiar, some of you may not. But in the 2000s, music videos and red carpets were very much like off the rack kind of clothes like it wasn't this big thing that we see 
nowadays where you know you have your like big names partnering with designers and they have custom looks and everything's really over the top and it's like very overdone in the 2000s it was like a tank top and jeans like that was the red carpet look um therefore they were wearing things on the runway that you could just as the average person go out and buy so particularly with baby fat it was being worn by like a lot of these hip-hop artists and influencers but if someone was like oh I love that top that Aliyah's wearing they could literally buy it um and it was also at a price point that was attainable to the average person like it wasn't cheap we're not talking like Primark however it was attainable it's not like Chanel or Hermes where that's not attainable to the average person so this is why the kind of celebrity marketing angle worked so well for them because exactly that like the average person could literally buy the full outfit that Beyonce was wearing on the red carpet so as you can imagine worked perfectly um so even so that was the 2000s 90s 2000s but even if you go back like five ten years ago um, there still wasn't this like extraness that we're seeing nowadays. Like in 2021, 22, let's take like the Kardashians for an example, because I think they're a really, really good example of this evolution, specifically in fashion. So five, 10 years ago, not even that, like just a few years ago, like Kylie Jenner would be dressed in like head to toe Fashion Nova and then I remember when Fashion Nova had like a Kylie section on their website where you could shop all of like the dresses that she'd worn and Fashion Nova's like what's the price point for Fashion Nova like I don't know 20 40 dollars something like that like again attainable to the average person now like can you imagine if you saw Kylie Jenner even posting on Instagram in like essentially a high street level dress like she just doesn't like for example Kim Kardashian as well she would wear like you know higher priced items of course but you know dresses from Fashion Nova dresses that could easily be copied like plain things um there was a huge thing going on as well with dupes which I'll go on to in a minute but now like literally even her day-to-day outfits are like head-to-toe Balenciaga again if you see Kim Kardashian in head-to-toe Balenciaga it's highly unlikely that you're just going to go out and go and buy the whole thing. Whereas if you see Kylie Jenner wearing a fashion overdress, it's highly likely that you are going to just go and nab it because, you know, you're buying the look. So that was only fairly recently. I feel like this evolution has come around quite quick. Um, So coming back to the, the idea of dupes as well, like there was speculation a few years ago coming back to Kylie Jenner that the Kardashians and Kylie specifically had like some kind of working relationship with Fashion Nova where they would let Fashion Nova know what they were going to wear in advance um, and then Fashion Nova would literally bring out a dupe of the outfit within record speed like I'm this is like a pop culture moment that really sticks out in my mind was that birthday party. I don't know whose birthday it was, um, but Kylie wore that like pink, like ribbon style dress and Kim also wore pink. She had the neon Yeezy dress with the cutout on the stomach. And the reason why that sticks in my mind so much is because they're literally still dupes to this day being made of that pink Yeezy dress. 
Um, but Fashion Nova particularly, I remember it was like a day, two days after that birthday party where they posted all of their birthday looks on Instagram. And within two days, Fashion Nova had those dupes on their site. And people were kind of speculating how can they produce those designs so quick and from what I know it wasn't like a pre-order or anything so they had that stock like ready to go and yeah fast fashion is fast but it's not that fast like you know at least a couple of weeks like I would say is like a fast turnaround but this was literally days like hours even like 48 hours or something like that it was crazy um and then there was that whole thing that came afterwards with Kim sort of like slamming fashion over for copying her Yeezy looks obviously because they were Yeezy she didn't like the fact that they were being duped and being copied because as soon as you see dupes everywhere it really does kill the vibe on the the high-end piece. Like, we've all seen pieces, like I've talked about it in other podcasts, where high-end brands and, like, luxury bags, for example, have been copied to the point where people don't want to buy the luxury version because there are so many fakes on the market. It's the same with duping. Like, yeah, okay, that Yeezy pink dress, great, but no one's going to buy that dress because it's been copied by every single high street retailer. Um, So she basically went nuts of fashion over. I think she actually served them a lawsuit for copying. Um, But anyway, after that, specific moment it all seemed to kind of die down so I don't know whether that was the point where like the fashion over Kardashian relationship ended because I feel like that was a very like pinnacle point where they really moved away from any kind of high street dupable kind of stuff um like it did make me laugh because whilst I was um doing a bit of research for this I did see that you know the Kim Kardashian met look where she was fully blacked out with the the mask and the gloves and she was like just looked like a shadow like somebody actually duped that (laughs) that was funny to me oh that had me thinking about maybe this divide between the super wealthy and the the poor essentially is a kind of like societal and like cultural reflection through fashion like as the gap between the wealthy and the poor has increased so has our kind of like view of what they're wearing in fashion like now for example your Kardashians have moved up to being billionaires and you you can't afford their outfits like it's not something that you see Kim wearing and then you pick up yourself like from H&M it's just not it um as I was saying earlier she wears like head to toe Balenciaga on like a random Tuesday to lunch you know it's not it's not the vibe for the average person so I think over the last few years as the wealth divide has grown so has this kind of like attainable level of beauty and fashion on celebrities specifically who are the wealthy um it always always likens itself to you know the hunger games with the districts and how you have district one and they're all wearing like this super opulent like stuff with like the really crazy hair and crazy makeup and that is kind of societal and cultural display 
of wealth whereas then you have the guys in district 16 is it please don't shout at me if I'm wrong um and they wear very you know plain clothes they all dress very similarly like same colors same styles same materials like minimal hair and makeup um and that is kind of a reflection I would say of society at the moment the wealth divide is the biggest it's ever been celebrity dressing is the most unattainable it's ever been that's just my own theory take it for what you will when that comes back to sales and marketing which is the whole point of dressing celebrities now it doesn't necessarily convert to sales directly. For example, back to 2000s, baby fat. Someone would wear it on the carpet, everybody would buy the look. Now, you see it on Kim Kardashian, you can't afford the look. However, you might save up for six months and buy a piece of the brand. So it's more of like, dressing celebrities is more of a brand association and brand boosting exercise as opposed to a direct sales tool which it used to be um so yeah the ROI I feel like now where we are in 2022 is brand association brand development um otherwise it's a bit of a waste like Balenciaga at the moment is a really interesting one for me because they've had a real surge in celebrity dressing in the last couple of years. Uh, You've got Alexa Demi who is with Balenciaga, Christine Quinn, um, Kim Kardashian, like even their last show they put celebrities on the runway as opposed to well obviously they had models as well like iconic models but it was more about the celebrity faces you know like Christine Quinn from Sun and Sunset walking the Balenciaga couture runway like did we see that coming no um you know that for me is very much about this like brand association kind of vibe that Denmark is going for the creative director of Balenciaga but for me it's kind of having an opposite effect um because something that is supposed to be really cool now feels really mass like mass market like I um had a few Balenciaga pieces from a few years ago I bought myself um one of the hourglass bags for my birthday a few years back and I actually sold it last year because again there are so many fakes on the market now I just thought I it it kind of veers me off wanting to wear this bag because I feel like everybody's got it. It's not special and it's not a unique piece. Um, I've talked about it in podcasts before, but how I shop in terms of luxury items, I really like things that have something unique about them. Um, I don't like this kind of trend-led way of purchasing. It has got me before, don't get me wrong. Like, I do own the little... Bottega Josie in green like you know it has got me before um but usually when I'm picking up luxury purchases um for me it has to be something like vintage or it has to have something different about it unique um so for me the the Balenciaga hourglass I was honestly sick of seeing it I was sick of it and it's the same thing now with the new shape uh, I'm gonna say this wrong the Kogol um yeah like such a beautiful bag but I will not buy it because every single person and their cousin has it um so it's not special to me anymore and I feel like that 
sense has encompassed the whole of the Balenciaga brand, which I don't know is a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a good thing for sales because they're obviously hitting a market that is a bit more of a mass market, which is quite impressive for a luxury brand. But in terms of being a luxury brand, I don't see Balenciaga as necessarily luxury anymore. I see it as quite mass market, but it has a luxury hashtag. Hashtag? Price tag? God, can you tell? I work in social media, mixing up hashtag and price tag. How celebrities use their social media platforms and what they post and what they promote is also quite different to influencers. Like, they'll post the odd thing, like, oh, thanks for sending me this PR, like, whatever. But it's not like influencers where they are showing you new products and you know, posting their PR boxes and the stuff that they get and the things that they love. I feel like celebrities definitely use their presence on social media slightly differently. So then the focus for them, as I mentioned earlier, we touched on licensing deals. Um, Licensing deals for celebrities have always been a huge way of making money. Like, let's think back to years and years ago where like, you know, your Britney Spears perfumes, like that is a licensing deal. Um, you know, you've got Lady Gaga um, partnering with Amazon for her makeup brand, like that is some form of licensing. Um, so yeah, it's something that is very, very prevalent. Um, even now today, like you have celebrities bringing out essentially what they're calling their own brand um but it's not it's owned by another company even though it has their name on it like the majority of celebrity skincare and makeup brands are by someone else um don't get me wrong that is quite common for brands in general you know to be made by someone um but it is a form of like white labeling or, you know, it's kind of like an evolution of that licensing. Um, it's more personalized, which I think reflects the social media era and the way that people shop. They want that kind of like, oh, it's so-and-so, so-and-so's brand as opposed to like Britney Spears for whatever. Um, but I think celebrities have always understood that. So then they have real prime real estate with certain things like, for example, Kim partnering with Balenciaga that is a huge thing because then they basically have like full reign of her clothes um you know Britney Spears with the perfume um you've got certain people having makeup brands skincare brands like it's more of like a bigger deal for them like Emma Ratowski for Kerastase for example um you know Clinique will always have like a celebrity ambassador so I think they're going for those bigger deals because they can, because they have that bigger following and celebrity presence. So coming back to PR gifting, if you're looking to send a celebrity something great, but are they necessarily going to bang it on their story? Probably not. So then you have your influencers. And when I say influencers, obviously that's a really broad term, but I'm talking like more of your higher end influencers with the larger followings. And for me, influencers of this level they're kind of bridging the gap between a celebrity and an average person you have you know if you if you think like big american beauty youtube like your jacqueline hill your jeffrey star your james charles those people are maybe celebrities in their own right but i see them as more of a bridge between even like regular influencers and celebrities um so they have a selling power and if you take someone like Jaclyn Hill for example 
incredible example of selling power. Um, But there's something that happens when influencers first start out and they're really talented and they can sell things and they do things and they're great and they start getting collaborations, they start getting brand deals, they start earning money. Then they move up in the world and they start making all of this money, they're moving up, they become less relatable and therefore they kind of lose a little bit of their selling power. So unless they can convert that audience into like a cult-like kind of thing where then you kind of morph into like the celebrity presence where they'll just buy it because that influencer did it that has to you have to kind they have to make that jump um because their organic like attainability and relatability is gone um like if you think back to molly may when she first started out um you know she was doing her fashion hauls and whatever it was and she was very like just like you and i now she's got an instagram account of her mansion which she's like ripping to smithereens and then redoing do i have an opinion on that no everyone you know each to their own would i do it probs not um but you know that's the difference isn't it like now she's at a level of wealth where you know i don't know what molly may is doing on a wednesday afternoon but it's probably like not the same thing as me because she's like you know almost jumped to that celebrity status so she still has amazing selling power but she has almost managed to convert her audience into like a cult-like thing like everything she brings out everything she puts her name name on sells like hotcakes um but not all influencers can do that and they get to a point where they've got all of this money they're not relatable they're not attainable and then they really do lose their selling power it's quite interesting so we are kind of in this weird realm of celebrity marketing isn't really a thing unless you're going to pay someone to do an ambassadorship which unless you're L'Oreal you are not going to do then you have your high level influencer who's basically almost tippy-toeing into being a celebrity again we can't afford them then you've got your influencers below who are kind of like in they're on the way up they're making their money they're slowly becoming unattainable but then you've got your micro influencers which I think um, the fact that the term micro influencer is now used for anyone with 100k and under is absolutely nuts to me like when we first started hearing the term micro influencers for people with 10k now it's 100k like that just tells you how a saturated the influencer market is and b how i'm gonna say easy easy is not what i mean but i'm gonna say easy it is to get followers um especially on um platforms like tiktok so they are our kind of like surge of where I would encourage most like PR, the, the biggest part of your PR strategy, especially for smaller brands to be focused on um, because they like, they are influencers. They have amazing selling power and they have influence. However, they are super tapped into the power of their community. Um, so something that I love and also hate about TikTok is you can stumble across people who have like a million followers and you will have no idea who they are because they're not in your community and they're on a different algorithm it's honestly wild it happens so often where I'll discover a new person and think like they've got five million followers I've never heard of this person before my life whereas if that five million was on YouTube like you would have heard about them um yeah it's a it's a whole new world um but yeah you've got this this brand of micro influencers who are really really 
engaged and looped into the idea of community and like niche content and you know really connecting with your followers in an organic way not in like a cult like celebrity way whereas like monkeys say monkeys do it's more conversational and flowing um so coming away from celebrities I would say like this is now are relevant kind of like this is the equivalent of the 2000 celeb marketing is our micro influencers however ask me about that in six months time and I'll probably say something different because honestly I was talking to somebody about this the other day the rate of which like PR um, influencers like selling ROI um, marketing in general the rate of which it's moving around is nuts like you honestly don't know what's going to be big tomorrow um, so yeah, the, that were blah, 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 end of episode brain cells have gone. Um, those are my thoughts on celebrities versus influencers, where we've been, where we are, what's the vibe. Um, I thought I, oh gosh, English, please guys, I can't. Um, I just can't seem to get my words out. I don't know why, but hey ho, you're still here. You're still here. 28 minutes and 36 seconds in um yes so I hope you enjoyed it I hope you found some parts helpful um I hope it made you think and if it made you think of those glorious 2000s days where celebrities used to wear jeans on the red carpet that made me happy when I saw that because I forgot about that but we've just brought it back um so yeah bye for now and I will see you in the next one